Welcome back to another episode of Timber Connect. We're here to help forest enthusiasts explore their curiosities among like-minded people. People who embrace innovation, strive to make a difference, and aspire to continuously improve how we manage our forests. My name is Ty, and in each episode, Julie and I will be diving into research, contentious forestry issues, and industry perspectives from the professionals you want to hear from. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Timber Connect podcast. We're your hosts, Ty and Julie. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Kendra Burns. Kendra has a bachelor's degree in forestry and has had an immensely successful career where forestry, media, and policy collide. She is the founder of Talking Forests, a virtual marketing and communications agency. One of the many facets of her business is the Talking Forest podcast, where she interviews forest, wood, and outdoor thought leaders who pave the way for the future. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today, Kendra. How are you doing? Hi, Ty and Julie. Thank you for having me on. Um, it's funny because we've been scoping each other out for the past few few months since we've been building, and I'm really excited to collaborate with y'all today and get to know you. Thank you, us too. Yeah, same. Definitely been following you from afar on the social media platforms, and I love everything that you stand for and advocate for, so I've really been looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So to get started, um, I was just hoping you could maybe give us a little bit of a background about who you are and how did you end up in the roles that you're in today? Uh, well, I was born on the West Coast of the USA, the States, the lower 48. Um, but my actual heritage on my maternal side comes from Canada. So I grew up in logging territory, mm -hmm. Aberdeen, Washington, which is known as I mean, the Quig Brothers is a construction company. They put a sign on the bluff um, that's called Logging Capital of the World. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure because I think Vancouver and BC have a, a, a pretty big role as well in timber <laughs> as, you know, Timber Connect is your name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, can, I can see that. But, you know, there's some people that like to one up each other or claim a title or something like that. And so I grew up in that. I grew up in... My uncles were log scalers, loggers. Um, I I went to college in the local community, and our our mascot was the choker. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and also, I grew up where the first tree farm originated. So the American oh. Tree Farm Program or System Foundation, all those things, um, started in Montesano, Washington. And the first tree farm was the Clemens tree farm. And I grew up five minutes from there, recreating, living, fishing, hunting, uh, all the outdoorsy things. And so in, in high school, I was in 4-H and FFA, and I also did nursery landscaping, natural resources, competitions, and I was invested in the forest my whole life, born in the soil. And it was something that I, I did and it was normal. So I did a lot of recreating in the Hood Canal, um, the Puget Sound, which is the um, Strait of Juan de Fuca and uh, the most northern point, Cape Flattery um, in the lower 48, those kind of things. And so I was blessed. I did not know how blessed I was until I started moving around with my Air Force husband in 2017. Wow, that's super cool. So where did you go to school? And it was in, it was in forestry, correct? Is it a degree or a diploma or what did that look like for you? Yeah, of course it was complicated. So <laughs> I, I was low income, which means I had to get scholarships and grants in order to afford college. So what happened when I went to Grace Harbor College at first was 
I was going to just go into what they had at the time, which was marine biology. And we mm. were working in a hatchery and we had all that experience. I was dissecting sharks, you know, cool stuff. Yeah, super cool. And so that kind of thing. And then I was like, okay, well, what do I do next? I'm not very good at chemistry. I, I, I was in pre-calculus, but getting a C or something like that. I wanted something that I was passionate about. And so Todd Bates came into Grace Harbor College and he was from Idaho. Go Vandals. <laughs> and it was so fun because he created an, a whole Associates of Applied Science in Forestry. And he also Ooh. had technical certificates. So I became a forester through three years of uh, community college. And I, I resurrected the Natural Resources Club um, and the Society of American awesome. Foresters. And my goal was just to have that platform. And now it's run by the women who I've been mentoring today. I got my uh, forestry tech certification and I got my AAS degree. So I graduated on June 14th, like three years in a row. So I graduated in 2010 with an AA, 2011 with an AAS. And then um, I think 2012, I went into my bachelor's and graduated with that in 2013. That's awesome. Yeah. Would you be able to explain a little bit like what your career looked like post-graduation? Because I was creeping your LinkedIn and it's you have a very interesting career that's definitely not like the typical like when you graduate from forestry, what people would expect. So I'm just I would love to hear how you got into those different positions where like you're working forestry, but from a totally different perspective. Yeah, exactly. So I um, I started working in credit unions and I worked on the taller line for many years in different financial institutions. And because it wasn't my passion, I ultimately burned out from it. My husband was very supportive and said he will support me to get into forestry. And so awesome. I had I had that pattern of, you know, working odd jobs. And so you'll see waitressing, you know, just anything I could to get gas money. I worked internships, yeah. different things. And by the time I started settling down with my husband, I was able to focus in on a career instead of odd odd jobs, really. Right. Um, and so that's the evolution of being able to kind of make your own path. Um, when I wanted a, a career in forestry, I wanted one in Western Washington where I had been born and raised. And so I asked the CEO of Society of American Foresters to help me on LinkedIn. And then I built my LinkedIn um, and it's been eight years, crazy amount of time since I've done that. But yeah, I, I got everything that I had wanted and I had multiple interviews and I was interviewing with the state department, but they wanted me to be non-permanent and with a fire department. And I didn't really want to be in like a fire mm. department um, I wasn't uh, that field trained and I hadn't done any work in that. And I, my resume, as you can tell, was more administrative, uh, but that didn't mean that I wanted to do administrative. I wanted field work. I definitely wanted field work, um, but I did not get to go into the field as much. Um, so I created a business where I could be in the field. Awesome. So I travel and go in the field a lot more now than I than I did in early stage, which is I've said it on other podcasts is like the opposite of someone else's uh, neurotypical or normal career path. Totally. Yeah. What kind of field work are you doing right now? So I do uh, media press, press coverage. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So I've, I've gotten press passes in uh, France, Austria, Poland, um, 
Germany and now locally in the eastern coast of Mm -hmm. uh, the USA. And are they um, like press release things for like forestry related, like natural resource or? I will go out with landowners. I'll go out with um, the forest, any forest agency there is and just cover a story and do it all throughout social media. That's, That's such a cool little background. I really appreciate you sharing that with us because it speaks to, you know, you don't just have to pick one path and that over time, there's so many doors that are going to open and you just kind of, you know, take a peek through all of them and really see what works for you. And it's turned out to be such a gainful and meaningful career path for you. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you uh, mentioned is your role is mentoring and, you know, going through your very large list of accomplishments, which I will give you the shameless plug here for that. It's it's very, very impressive. Um, one of the one that caught our eyes the most was your role with the Women's Forest Congress. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What 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 is that? And what, what does that look like? Women's Forest Congress is something that has come up in the past two years. And when I started moving, I went from Washington State to Germany to North Carolina. And when I landed in North Carolina, I was looking for um, something that I could be a part of and, and make a difference and change the way that we do forestry. And so I've been involved in their communications. They turned that into a uh, a different type of committee um, to where it's not really a working group anymore. Mm-hmm. So then I landed in uh, the equity and inclusion working group, and we mm-hmm. have been working towards getting speakers and the agenda put together for Women's Forest Congress, which is happening in Minneapolis, Minnesota, from October 17 to October 20. Amazing. Hey, everyone. We hope you're enjoying this episode. We just wanted to give you a quick reminder about the Timber Connect job board. Finding a job is as easy as creating a profile, uploading your resume, and checking your inbox for notifications about every new opportunity. It is also available for companies looking to post job positions and hire industry professionals. For more information, visit jobs.timberconnect.ca or visit the link in the description below. So one of the things that I've just been so curious to talk to you about, and I know both Julie and I have listened to multiple episodes of your podcast, Mm -hmm. Talking Forests. I love it. You know, everyone should just go check that out right now. It's on Spotify or Apple Music. Go give Kendra a listen. It's great. But for our audience who hasn't heard about the podcast, can you help us understand, um, you know, what is it? What is your your role with it? Um, I know it's been very successful with over 9.5 thousand downloads since June 2018, and that's only going up. So I'd love to hear just more about it. Yeah, so it originated when I had to transition from being stateside physically and working in the states i my career went from working in the sector and getting those jobs i mentioned um in forest policy and i was able to work in the sector with different people we call them stakeholders although i think that's kind of an outdated word that i would like to to change i would like to talk more about coordinating or cooperating with people um as a different term to use because the word stakeholder, I think recently I found out is kind of derogatory. Um, Hmm. So I'll I'll do more inclusive uh, research on that, but yeah, yeah. I just found that out. So it's something that I want to look into later, Mm -hmm. but anywho, so the um, going into different 
groups and things like that and figuring out like how people work behind the scenes is what I did in the sector. So I worked in many different uh, agencies. They were, some of them were private, some of them were state, uh, which is federal or they were, they worked with the government. Um, and so I got to see all that behind the scenes. And what that did was that led me to go, we need this. I wish, I wish when I was in forestry school that this existed. Mm -hmm. And so the podcast came from wanting to give a voice to people we haven't heard of and underdogs in the forest sector. And my first guests were actually my mentees from Grace Harbor College. Oh, that's awesome. So I started originally with, and the intro actually needs to change. I, I'm aware of that because it talks more about social media and giving you tips and tricks and things like that. So I wanted to find out how the sector was using social media so that when I started doing it as a consultant, how I could help other people and help help the sector. So I've helped the sector come online and be a part of the online network now for for six years going strong. Um, so organizations that would never even have touched social, me social media, I mm -hmm. either started that for them and gave it to them or I have a monthly retainer with them and, and do that for them. So I've done that for Canadian companies, German, Polish, uh, of course, American and more to come. So that's what the podcast was about, was to kind of get those voices in the sector. And I have gone into now different people from around the sector. And at first... Some of the people who I had in Washington State were asking me, is this only for women? And I said, where is, where is it boxing women in? I don't have anything in my copywriting that says women or women only. Um, yeah. So I was at the time trying to capture diverse voices and have since then, you know, gotten many different kinds of voices on the podcast, including, uh, you know, C-suite level and CEOs, uh, owners of companies. And any, anyone in the, the entire sector, and that was my goal, was to not have a bias um, of anything, really, but to yeah. capture, capture many different types. That's so interesting. And I think really important, too, because we see that in BC as well, that a lot of forestry and forestry-related companies are trying to come into the 21st century and get on board with social media. Have you noticed, like, is there, like, one story you can think of where a company was pretty stuck in the dark and then once you help them they had a big breakthrough with their social media you have a story that kind of highlights that yeah i have um, several different types um and kinds there are people who have outdated websites um and those are kind of the hardest ones to get online um usually what i've seen internally that happens is they have a few people even though it's an organization, they have a few people within the organization that hold on to that baby. Yes. And, yeah. and, and that baby has to be nurtured and there's outside influence that is scary. Um, or the unknown, the fear of the unknown really does keep organizations from um, some of these things. And so yep. being aware of that, I was able to use my network to get to those people that hold that baby and say, hey, I will take care of your baby and also show you how to do this as well, which yeah. is very hard to do. But what I would do is I would form a committee and we would work together weekly on whatever was needed. And so I had the, some, so for example, someone with an outdated website, I worked with the web developer, but there were times where I was getting them on 
you know, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn and getting them started and the website wasn't ready. So I had to say, hey, are you wanting to do this for four months? And so I consider those projects because they don't, they know they're not going to get that website updated in the time that I'm going to be consulting them. So I create whatever they need and I hand it off. And then if they come back and want more or want to expand when they have a website, then that's something that we can, you know, renegotiate and look into. Right. But that's an example. I also had a Ger German vegetation mapping company. Oh, oh, cool. And so they were really looking to increase their LinkedIn and company page following. And I gave them a foundation. I did all their data sets with, here's what you need internally to make this happen. And then I, um, again, it was a project and they have, their YouTube has exploded. They're absolutely um, doing great. And it's been really nice to to see people just take off and grow their presence on any platform. That's awesome. It's also, I, I find that it's just such important work because, you know, we had a conversation with Derek Nybor, who's the president of FPAC, Forest Products Association of Canada. And, you know, we're all aware that there's quite a labor shortage going on in forestry, especially in Canada right now. And a lot of it is because youth are not really engaging with the industry. And I think that what you've identified is one of the main points, like youth, that's where they are, is they're on social media. They, that's where these companies really need to be navigating towards and increasing their capacity to reach this market because there were just not, and you know, that's just the way the world is shifting. You know, there's new, there's new channels and new platforms every week. And with attention spans only getting less and less, it's <laughs> how do you capture that interest and engage those youth? So I love what you're doing. I also have another organization that I've been a part of recently and someone that um, wasn't aware of what is needed now. And the reason why my elevator pitch is I'm bridging age, diversity and sustainability, it's because that age piece mm. is incredibly important because those are our future workers. And if we are not gathering them in print, newsletters, magazines, you have to digitize those things. Absolutely. So that's the first thing that I'll tell a company when I go in and consult. If you have brochures, hand them over and we're going to digitize them. Like yeah. that is so needed. And they don't, a lot of the societies and associations and clubs today are going to die out if they don't convert to digital yeah. platforms. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's definitely, and I've, um, I've seen Derek and I've, been following his um his publications and things that he sends out and press releases that happen with fpac um so i do understand that very strongly and that's why i created my business too was to help bridge those worlds right. so, so good like that's a very similar concept of where timber connect was born just out of this idea like who's having these conversations why why are these conversations not happening why are they not readily accessible and, you know, we could only find a few podcasts here and there. And we actually stumbled upon yours while we were in the brainstorming phase. And, but there was really nothing going on in Canada. And the conversations that were happening in Canada were very hyper-focused on pro-industry. They were very biased. And so very similar to your approach, you know, we don't want to be biased. We want to share the voices of all of these amazing people who are doing incredible work. And I want to showcase 
things like what you're doing, because to me, that's how we battle this stigma and this narrative that exists within culture for youth around forestry. Yeah. When I finally got into the sector, it was not all, it was not all unicorns and rainbows. It was, (laughs) it was like, what have I done? Um, I want to go back to that safe place called the college. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I'm only making like $30,000 to do everyone's assistant work at this association. And it was really crazy. Um, I learned a lot of information, but there was times where um, I wasn't comfortable doing what I was doing or having to do. I had a volunteer organization where I was going to do interviews for a very big meeting and they gave a sponsor a room to interview in, but not me. And I had to approach them and let them know, hey, this is not appropriate. Ignorance is really harmful to the industry, and it's also creating a wage gap and divide. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I wanted to create something where people were aware of their actions, and I will hold people accountable. I emailed the entire chain of people who were involved in the conference and said, this is not okay. And so those things that are, I got the response of like, oh, well, that's normal. I said, you can't keep doing status quo. Mm-hmm. It's it's not working for the sector anymore. And so there were things behind the scenes when I worked in the association. For one, one thing that really bothered me was the internal emails. If you were on a listserv, you had all this privilege and all these things that you got to find out. And then when there was a job available, no one would know about it because it wasn't even on on the internet. It would never like reach a website or anything like that. Um, and this yeah. was back in 2015, 2016. And in Society of American Foresters, I am the first person to be a social media chair. Um, I created the position and my goal was to spread jobs on the internet. And I have helped many students on the West Coast be employed. That's really awesome. That's amazing. I really, one of the things I dislike the most is the word status quo, because, you know, it's like we have all these issues and all these problems and they just want to keep business as usual and keep going with the status quo. And it's like, no, but that's the problem is that we're doing this status quo. Oh, that's normal. Yeah, but it mm-hmm. doesn't need to be, nor should it be, especially if we want to progress with new concepts and innovation, you have no. to push status quo. And things are shifting, you know, especially with more platforms like Talking Forest and Timber Connect and people really are trying to engage, you know, different clientele in the industry and be more inclusive. And I love to see it, but we still have a lot of progress to grow. Women's Forest Congress at that Congress in October, we are are having delegates as well as all the working groups come together and we're going to have an action plan. Oh, great. That's That's nice to hear. Will that action plan be public like are people able to kind of read that or they have been talking about it in their quarterly meetings that they have that it that's the goal yeah amazing love awesome. to hear that keep an eye out for that mm-hmm, absolutely one other thing that i really wanted to chat with you about because i have been creeping your social medias for a while um and it's something that's really a hot topic here in canada so i'm really i mean you're obviously well versed in just north america in general but mass timber So I see you a lot posting about great new projects and innovation that's going in the mass timber realm. And I'm hoping for some of our audience who don't know what mass timber is, maybe this is the first time they've heard that. 
you could help us understand what that industry is, why it's so important, and what gets you fired up about it. Absolutely. That is such a fun topic. Um, Mass timber, also known as really big pieces of wood that are glued together, also known as cross-laminated timber. Um, Laminated is the, the glue that they use. But this is so, this is a topic that I've been ghostwriting on since 2015. Um, yeah, so I've, I've wrote a lot of articles. I've promoted it. Um, I've been able to see projects from start to finish in the media and, you know, see them with my own eyes. Um, and that's why I did the discovering treetop walkways publication in medium, because I wanted a platform for all of the places I was visiting that were built with wood. Um, so the reason why we want to be sustainable in the industry is so that we have enough forests and wood um, to make things for the public. And literally everything in my office is made of wood. (laughs) I have so many wood items um, that people wouldn't even think like your phone screen has nano uh, cell particles that are actually made of wood. Um, They can break down wood and it back. I don't know if people know this in your audience, but Rainier Inc., Rayon, Rayon is a material that comes from wood. It's a wood derivative. I didn't even know that. that. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So wood is in ice cream. Wow. Uh, Yes. Yes. So (laughs) crazy to think, but the public needs needs to know these things. But we want this to be sustainable. Like I said earlier in my introduction, I came from a logging community and I do honor that, but I also want it to be you know, sustainable. So replanting and also having uh, enough for everyone to go around in more forests. And so the mass timber sector has been really blowing up. And I have been working with the Forest Business Network. They have been great. And I go to their mass timber conferences when they had them in person. And when COVID wasn't wasn't, uh, in the way of these things, (laughs) we did a lot of virtual things as well. And you know, it's really important to have the sustainability. So environmentalism and the industry have actually come together on these projects. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really important is all the the full chain. So in the sustainability sector, there's also the chain of custody um, in forest management and also print materials. And that whole chain of custody with all the certification bodies is really, really important. And so you'll see a lot of this come out. Um, the YouTube series Think Wood actually just came out with um, the talk that was at the Mass Timber Conference with everyone on stage talked about how Mass Timber sustainability and certification collide and how they mm-hmm. all are intertwined. So being able to promote wood and promoting building with wood has been my mainstay for the past six years. Yeah. When wood is it's called large woody debris. When it's sitting, it actually releases carbon into the atmosphere. And so what we're doing is storing carbon by building with wood. Yes. Yeah. And so that's the breakdown of why I I love it so much and why I talk Mm -hmm. about it and create graphics and stories and do everything from social media all the way into um, working with agencies on, you know, promoting it on my podcast. Yeah. Which is super important too, because something we talk about a lot in Timber Connect with all of our guests is just like the lack of knowledge from public. They just they just don't know about how important wood is and how useful it can be in building materials. So the stuff you're doing is just so, so important in that realm. 
mm-hmm. just to get people aware of how important it is. Totally. Yeah. And if you want to access a lot more of that information, Kendra, where can people find you on the social media platforms? Where do you recommend they go? All you have to do is just type in Talking Forests and have a field day or even just type my name, Kendra Burns, and have a field day. Um, I would just say my website just because that's the, the normal thing to say. But but yeah, I'm active on all the, the social media platforms and I try to to post about whatever I, I put out. That's awesome. And of course, all, everything will be linked in the description below with uh, all of Kendra's links. Yeah, absolutely. Before we let you go, we do have one more question for you, which is kind of a staple. And I'm actually really excited to hear your response to this because of your work with students and, and young professionals. But as someone who's probably worked with and seen a lot of students and young professionals come into industry, what would you say is one of the most common mistakes that you see these people making? And how would you suggest they could avoid making that mistake? The most common mistake is doing what other people want them to do. Ooh, that's I love a good that one. so fast. You mm-hmm. had that ready to go. Yeah, I see it all too much. And I did that. I lived for gathering achievements and succeeding at things. And I wasn't doing it for myself. Not doing things for other people creates a freedom that we all deserve within ourselves. If people live, it should be for their purpose and, and for their own free will. I love that. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, such a such a great way to view that concept. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. Kendra, it has been a pleasure chatting with you. Um, again, for anyone listening today, we're going to have all of Kendra's information linked up in our bios. Um, definitely get on to Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you stream your podcasts and give that a listen and a like and a follow. And if you're interested in Mass Timber, she's often posting great content about that. So totally recommend checking out all of that. And again, link will be in the bio. So thank you so much, Kendra. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Timber Connect. If you'd like to hear more, you can search for us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Timber Connect or visit our website at timberconnect.ca. That's all for this episode. We'll catch you again next time.